Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here, and I have Mr. Eric in the house. How are you doing, sir? Fantastic. Thank you very much for having me, Austin. So in true Austin Linney fashion, I just get an email, and if, if it's from somebody that I trust, I say, yeah, let's do it. And so Matt uh, introduced me. I know a little bit about you. I don't know too much, right? So I like to learn just like my audience, uh, but I did spot some things that we have in common uh, about what we care about. So I'm excited to dig in. Uh, I'll let you kind of start your story where you want to, and we'll kind of go from there. Well, I just like to acknowledge that one of the best ways to get ahead is just say yes. If it gets you anywhere closer to your goal, just say yes. Yes. So yeah, thanks. The podcast, ep- the podcast episode yesterday with the guy's whole entire life changed. Uh, because he just said yes to everything. It's incredible. The people that you meet. But yes. all right, where did I start? I guess I knew I was going to be a doctor when I was growing up <laughs> and joined the army, became a medic, jumped out of some airplanes, blew some stuff up, did all that stuff, ended up with 13 years in the army, went through pre-med. And then two weeks before I started medical school, I went and searched my life. And ended up getting into real estate. Since then, I mean, I've slept on a mattress on a warehouse floor about 22 years ago. And now I fly around in my private plane whenever I want to go somewhere. Um, Bought a few hundred properties, done over a thousand repositionings and rehabs. And so we're heavily invested in real estate. Uh, we can talk crypto if you want. It's an yeah. absolute I'm, bloodbath in that market right now. Yeah, I right. actually consult for yeah, I actually consult for a client, a company in that. So yes, very familiar. Yes. Yeah, it's a bloodbath. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, my son, I like writing articles. Mm-hmm. I never had the desire to write a book. My wife always wanted to write a book. Well, and I ended up my ten-year-old said, "Dad, I really want to write a book," and this guy says he'll publish me. So he wrote his first book at 10. It took almost a full year and published at 11. He gave one of those books to Mark Victor Hansen in January. And within a couple of weeks, we're on the phone. I'm having conversations with Mark. Actually, Devin was having conversations with Mark. And Devin published a second book with the Mark Victor Hansen Library. And since then, my wife and I wrote one. It just came out the beginning of this month. Mm-hmm. And then my 12-year-old, his came out the same day. And all three of the new ones have hit number one bestsellers within a day or two of coming out. What are the books about for your son? Uh, let's see. Ours, the first one Devin wrote is, okay. if I can do it, so can you. Okay. He, uh, he started buying real estate when he was seven years old. Bought his first investment at five, his first house at seven. And I think by the time he was 10, he owned 20% of a 12 unit building. 
I might be wrong on the age, but it's close there. He has never had a dollar of my money. He worked for 10 bucks an hour, which is currently below minimum wage. So he's got raises since then. And how old is he now? 15. So that is why his picture was up there when we first started, because he does as many podcasts as I do. Okay. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me understand some stuff. Uh, So none of your own money, none of your money. At seven, he bought his first house. How do you do that? So I obviously had to drive him around, but he's been coming to real estate meetings with me. I host a real estate group every Wednesday and we go to the local RIA meetings every month and the national conferences every year. Uh, That's how he's grown up. He's homeschooled him and his brother. So he just found a creative way to finance this, found a deal that had about 30,000 in equity and went out to lunch with me and one of my buddies that runs a real small hedge fund, more of a private office. And the guy says, yeah, I'll loan you $50,000 on a house that's worth 80. So that was that. That's how he got his first one and paid 50 grand, had it pretty much entirely financed by somebody else because there was so much equity. Then he's done a handful of subject two deals. I think the 12 year old holds the record. He also started buying right after he turned seven. Mm-hmm. And at one point in time, he got a subject two deal. If I'm not mistaken, they paid him $18,000 to like an eight or nine year old got a check from the seller at closing and just took over the mortgage payments on this house. Um, both of them own, uh, Ethan's in the thirties, Devin's in the forties. They can tell you exactly. And Devin became an accredited investor earlier this summer and started his first investment. He needed that for was an oil well. So now he owns part of an oil well. Would, would you say, would you say this is because of you? I mean, I'm not saying like you, you helped them, but is this what you've been teaching them since they were born? This is what, yeah, this is really who I am. Okay. And it is that's all what I was, that's what saying, yeah. Yeah. So my book, Family Success Triangle. Okay. And the triangle is basically the family, business, and investing. But my but, family. But what, do you, but what do you say to people that say family business is tough? It is tough. Mm-hmm. But you know, hire out the stuff you don't like. It doesn't <laughs> need to be a small family business. I I get all these people. Imagine. Do you have any uh you're not old enough. Imagine having a teenage daughter. You know, I, no, okay. First of all, I turn 40 next week. So I, yeah, okay. I, I, but I don't have any kids, but yes. I, yeah. Imagine daughter. having a I teenage daughter and sending the 17, 18, 19 year old here, go run around and collect cash rents from all of these people. So you have thousands of dollars and there mm. you are maybe still in high school. And one of my friends did that. The girl was now in her 40s. She's my age. And she was going around collecting rent. Um, Another one. Hey, you need to learn the business. So go treat these cockroaches and bed bugs. So, okay. What what child is ever going to want to be in the family business if you're collecting rent and treating bugs? Whereas... I hate doing drywall. I can't stand it. And I run a construction company. So Mm -hmm. I hired one of the first people I hired when I got started was a drywaller. Mm -hmm. And I think Devin should do that and know it and be miserable 
but just for a couple hours, just to know how much you hate it. So then you can move on and know what you're looking for when you hire somebody. You don't have to be proficient at the skills. You just have to know roughly what they should be doing, roughly how long it should take. And a little bit of hands-on knowledge is good. So that, that's kind of the essence of how I brought them up. But my, the amount of most time that I spend is not in a, you know, apartment building, sanding drywall or running mm -hmm. plumbing. It is walking in saying, whoa, 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 don't hang that drywall. The plumbing's not finished yet. Mm -hmm. You know, making sure that contractors are scheduled in the right order, making sure that we get bids and approve the bids. And you need to know enough about the work, but really any child can run a business if you teach it to them one step at a time. So I'm sitting here, I'm running out of coffee one morning and Ethan's or Devin's got to be three or four. And what's a three or four year old say, Hey, come play with me, dad, come play with me. Say, so, you know what? We're going to play a game. What I want you to do, here's a piece of paper. I want you to take and find these numbers. It's just like playing memory. And you find the numbers on the screen and put a little check mark beside them. And so I sat him down at my desk and he started doing that. And I went out and I got a cup of coffee. I came back in and he's matching up. I said, if that bottom number on the right corner turns to zero, you win. And so he reconciled my bank account for the first time. And he thought he was playing memory and having fun. And if he got a zero in the bottom corner, he got ice cream or whatever he wanted that day. And so I just, I taught them little steps of the way. And then by the time he was five, he said, dad, I think it's time for me to start investing. And what do you say to a five? I mean, seriously, a five-year-old that has virtually no money, how is he going to invest? But I can't tell him no. I mean, literally at every moment of his life, he's, I'm carrying him in a car carrier to these investment meetings. This is all he heard. This is all he knows. He's never seen me with a job. I haven't had a job since 03. He was born four years after that. So I said, great. Why don't you start? He said, well, dad, tell me what to invest in. And well, if you're working for any of these firms, you know, you don't tell people what to invest in. People need to understand it. They need to like it. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that just blindly hand their money over to stockbrokers. But I think real investing is owning companies. It's owning pieces of things and it's understanding. And so I said, figure out what you like. Figure out what you know and go invest in what you know. He said, dad, I really don't know anything but Legos. Great. Go find a way to make money in Legos. So here I am racking my brain thinking, I can't let the kid fail. What am I going to do? I don't know how to invest in Legos. Sure enough, two days later, he finds a way to make money in Legos and comes back in. And it's a good idea. I said, okay. And the essence was, he said, you said buy low and sell high. And I think the price of this one's going to go way up. So he writes all about that in his first book. But yeah, that's his first investment. And he basically, as you would expect at five, messed every single thing up. And it was just, it was a total disaster. But it's a whole lot better to do that with 500 bucks than 50,000. And he learned so much from that that by the time he got into real estate, he did pretty well. Mm -hmm. So. Hmm. 
So it's interesting, right? We are turned 40 next week, had a crazy, crazy life, um, you know, drug addict, homeless, alcoholic, divorce, private equity, you know, all those things. And I, I have a good life. You know, you have multiple businesses. I have multiple businesses. And we started during COVID. I started thinking about like, what is like, what is like, what is the real thing for the rest of my life? Like, what is I want to do? And so, you know, I want to create jobs. And so right now we're in the process of buying, you know, HVAC plumbing businesses. I'm about to get, I get under contract on my second one today. Like, you know, I have a staff of 50 now. Right. Right. But, but what people don't understand is the reason we're doing all this, because that's hard work. So the it reason is. we're doing all that is to exit in 10 years to build an entrepreneurship school, right? Because I dropped out of college three times. I got pushed back because I was too advanced for my high school, my middle school, right? And if you talk to these entrepreneurship parents, they're saying the school system is too slow for my kids. They're not, they're, it, it hasn't changed, right? And, and I'm looking at somebody like you and I'm saying, you know, Yes, you gave your kids a gift, but you also gave a gift to all the people that your kids are going to teach to. Right. And so the ripple effects of that impact is deep. Every single night they've been alive. If I was home, because I spent a lot of time traveling and speaking for the first year of Devin's life, and then I just abruptly quit so I could spend a lot more time with him. Then his brother came and we didn't start speaking again. We didn't start on pie, none of this stuff until they were both old enough to travel with me and now the whole family goes basically everywhere together and we're we're scheduled to speak at three different places in north carolina in january mm -hmm. i'm taking december off just to celebrate have holidays play with the family but yeah we're always at one or two different states speaking every month and then all the podcast but the thing I think we need to do the most, I tell them every night, go to sleep, I love you, and dream about making the world a better place. And I think that we need to fix money. We need to provide jobs. Mm -hmm. We need to provide good, safe living units for people. Mm -hmm. There are so many different things. Just keeping them warm in the winter and cold in the summer is the avenue you're going down at least right now mm -hmm. but i think the most important thing that i can do that we are uniquely qualified is to work on the broken school system and yes, there are so many sorry about that there are so many people that uh they're awesome teachers i have four or i think i have six teachers that come to my wednesday night meetings and one principal and one of the ladies that works in my office, her daughter's a principal, and she has worked in the school system her entire life, and now kind of as a part-time retirement job, she works in our office. Mm -hmm. But they are all, almost all really, really good people. They really want the best for the students, mm -hmm. and the system itself is just a disaster. It's mm -hmm. broken. Mm -hmm. So we are doing our best, and my wife, uh, we've homeschooled since our kids yeah. are born. Mm -hmm. And we have written all of our own criteria until last year. Okay. I think they went through two years now that because we go January to December, it doesn't make any sense to start in August for us. Mm -hmm. Everything else in the world starts in January and ends in December. That's when their school is. Mm 
-hmm. So they just finished up and they're on their break right now until next January. Mm -hmm. But we have designed their curriculum and put in an entrepreneurship curriculum and it worked well. So now we're writing it more officially so it can be used by every parent. Mm -hmm. And we speak for a lot of homeschooling groups and that's just a real in fact, in Ethan's book, that would be the 12-year-old, they make a big deal out of homeschooling in the treehouse. Okay. But he starts, he finds a pile of scrap wood at a construction site and says, hey, can I have this? Ends up building a treehouse and then stops to help a neighbor and fixes this little old lady's steps. And she came out and gave him a couple of bucks so they could get ice cream. He's like, Wow. I was just had the extra wood and thought I'd be helpful. I didn't know I'd be paid. And next thing you know, he has a contracting business. Uh, but that book takes it through for like a teenager, maybe eight to 18 year olds is who the kids are writing for. Mm -hmm. And in Devin's book, it's more electronics. And the main character designs a drone system that delivers prescriptions for the pharmacy. So these people mm -hmm. don't have to leave and pick up their mm -hmm. prescription. Mm -hmm. And then he sells that to a big company and makes some money and then reinvests the money into the park in the mm -hmm. town to make it better, as well as buying more toys because he likes to build electronic stuff. But all of the books teach the same lessons to educate. There's not just one way. You don't have to sit down, shut up and memorize. Mm -hmm. Get out there, work with your hands, do things, truly help people around you. Uh, and then my book is the nonfiction of what we really did to grow multiple businesses, mm -hmm. how we went from sleeping on a mattress on a warehouse floor to owning many hundreds of units. And how many, how many businesses do you have? Oh, it's spread out over 18 LLCs okay. uh, and corporations. But really, it's a management company, a construction company, a training company, an aviation company, and the rest are all real estate okay. holding companies. And, you know, uh, I, I kind of cut my teeth in the real estate space. We're moving into private equity, hedge funds, kind of more of a mergers and acquisitions kind of department because I find business to be more intriguing, more complex uh, for me mentally. There's so, I mean, we can unpack the 90 different things, but where do you think the biggest, we'll just start with money first. Where do you think the biggest kind of myths or like just the, the bad teachings going on when it comes to money with people and their kids? Ooh, well, I have a different answer. Okay. Or I have an answer for a different question. I think the biggest myth is that we can sustain a $31 trillion debt and keep spending a trillion dollars more than we bring in as a federal government. Mm -hmm. um, on the family level, I grew up very middle class and it did, we were totally broke at times. I don't think if you're poor, middle class or rich, that has anything to do with the balance or how much you make a year. I've seen people that made a lot less than us that lived a very middle-class life because they save, save, save. And that was okay at some times. But when you're rapidly printing fiat currency as fast as we are, 
savings just not good. And these poor kids that are still being taught to get a job, work hard and save money that at the current interest rate, even if you believe the CPI is accurate, let's pretend like it is and it's not twice that high. If you put a million dollars in the bank at 20 years old, if I just gave you a million dollars in seven or in 10 years at the current rate where it's 7.7% inflation, if it dropped to 7.2% and maintained that, then in 10 years, you'd be able to buy a half a million dollars worth of stuff. You're 30, a quarter million, you're 40, 125,000, you're 50, you're 60 years old, ready for retirement. And how much can you buy? Half of that, yeah. right? You, you have basically a year's worth of living expenses, and that's not a spectacular life at 62.5, right? I mean, that, that's good enough to live on, but you're not buying a new jet and traveling anywhere. So all these people that think they can save their way or they want to be a millionaire, it has nothing to do with the amount of money or dollars that you have in a bank account, mm -hmm. even if the bank's keep going and paying you your 1% interest, like they say. Mm -hmm. It's about the cash flowing assets that you have. So my real estate might go down in value, but the rents are maintaining. And as long as I continue to keep that cash flow and it will go up over time with inflation mm -hmm. and there'll be ups and downs in the housing market, but Overall, the values will keep up with inflation. And if we have deflation, I'm not saying the log is go up. If we have deflation, they will match that. But it will, you know, give us a hedge for the economy and the stupid things that the Federal Reserve mm -hmm. and the powers that be are doing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I, I'd like to yeah, teach people that. I agree. I, I, my biggest issue, because I travel a lot, we live in an RV most of the year, travel around, I meet a lot of people. I have no idea how somebody who's getting paid minimum wage or a little bit over is surviving right now. I, I, I'm being 100% serious. Well, I don't know how. Do the math. I think, I don't even know. I've never paid minimum wage to anybody that works for me. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just heard it was over $10 in Ohio. I think it's ten fifty. Um so if you have two people working 40 hours a week, you're making $21. That's $42,000 a year. That is not a lot. I mean, it, figure out what you're going to pay in rent and food. And it's a lot cheaper to live in the Midwest mm -hmm. than it is on the coast. But yeah, you can't survive. You definitely can't get ahead. You might be able to pay your bills, but you're not getting ahead at all. And you're not putting anything aside. You're not learning to invest because you're always worried about paying the bills if you have two minimum wage jobs. I mean, one of the number one things we're infusing in our blue collar, you know, HVAC plumbing electric companies is teaching these guys that there's investments mentally and financially outside of your current job. Like we're not just teaching you to go work harder. Like this is a movement and you know, I ask them like, what's your dream outside of this? Well, I would love to build a house for my family. Okay, great. We'll fund that. Let's for do you. it. Right. What do you mean? You're going to fund that for me? Yes. And I'm going to show you exactly how to do it too. And they're like, what is going on right now? And I'm like, I'm a different boss. You've never met anybody like me. And that's what it takes to really create 
you know, a, a ripple effect. And I see that same and, you know, what you're doing, your family and your son. And that's why it's, I'm so inspired right now. I can't wait to like dig into those books. I'm so pumped uh, to go watch y'all speak. You know, like it's nice to meet somebody that has the same alignment on like, these are issues. We can't keep our head in the sand anymore and we need to pay attention. Like it's, it's really an issue. Like family, you know, uh, a lot of the people that break the generational poverty or curse, they're not doing it for them. They're doing it for their kids. They're doing it for the people behind them. And, um, you know, with the proper resources, you can really start a movement, right? Even if it's in your local area. Absolutely. And I mean, we go everywhere. Uh, I mean, sustainability. And some people want to plant trees because, you know, the whole green global warming, whatever. I simply, we just planted an orchard a couple of years ago, bought a farm, planted an orchard, one, so I didn't have to mow, but we love having fresh fruit. And we've got grape vineyards and kiwi vineyards and all kinds of different fruit trees. And then I got bored during COVID and bought a backhoe and dug a pond because you can only travel so much. Although it was really easy to get a hotel room everywhere I went. Uh, yeah, but yeah, exactly. we just, I love having the ability. And if people get out there, one of the things that allowed me to succeed in business that I really never talk about is I was never worried. I used to teach survival at Fort Bragg. Okay. I would, uh, there is nothing. And I got one job, one of my first jobs out and I'm working in the emergency room. I said, this is such a peaceful, relaxing job. She goes, you know, you're applying to work in the emergency room, right? And why do you want to work here? I said, climate control. I said, besides nobody's shooting at me. I'm not running around bouncing in an ambulance. I come to the same solid building every day. It's always the same day. It's awesome. This is so easy. But after 13 years of uh, working in the field and everything, working in the emergency room was a breeze. Mm -hmm. So I have always felt or believed that if anything happened, I would absolutely be able to take care of my family. It didn't matter. We could lose everything and we would still eat. I mean, I, I can go out. I could be left in the woods with no house and we can stay warm and eat. And if you realize that there is nothing, they really, sure, they can take my money. I, I can get sued. I can make a bad investment. I did have money in the wrong exchange on mm -hmm. our cryptocurrency. But it is nothing that's going to destroy me. Mm -hmm. And I think if people learn, first you have a basis, keep this amount of money. And it's not to say a really good friend of mine, probably my best friend said, yeah, I want to cash out my retirement and pay down some of this debt. I said, why on earth would you pay down 4% debt? It makes no sense to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, if you had credit card debt, but he's already paid all that off. You don't pay down a 4% loan on a house when you have 7 or 8% inflation and you can go out and buy another house bringing in a 10% return. It's just bad math. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I think if people learn that, yeah, first you have whatever X amount is mm -hmm. and you invest it, maybe you need to feel 
to feel comfortable, you might need to pay off your house. That's how my dad was. Yeah. Well, I can't bear to pay off a 3% loan on my house when I'm borrowing money at 7% to buy rentals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm definitely not going to refine it. I'll just let it go for the next few years until the payments are over. Yeah. Um, so yeah, everybody has to have their own threshold of what they're willing to risk. And if you're getting into these high risk, you know, we invest in oil wells and cryptocurrencies and all these other things. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that is not where you put 90% of your money. That's where you put mm-hmm. 10% of your money, mm-hmm. right? You don't, but gold and silver, I don't look at that as an investment. I look at that as an insurance. I can throw a bunch of money into gold and it's never going to cash flow, but it doesn't cost me anything to hold other than maybe a minor fee to a yeah. vault to hold it, right? So I don't get into any ETFs. I am real. I know the numbers or the dates on the coins, just numismatic for gold and silver, or no numismatic, it's just bullion for gold and silver. And mm-hmm. I look at that not as a way to make money. It's just a way to store wealth in case yeah. something bad happens and you need it. It's just yeah. insurance for me. I'm so glad uh, you said that. My entire mindset on real estate and investing shifted in the last month because real estate actively you can make a lot of money if you're very active but the market fluctuates and i realized that my my mindset now is to buy cash flowing businesses then take the profits to to dump into real estate not the other way around so my entire thing changed when you start studying more wealthy people you understand they're just buying land and real estate to just keep money in a safe place. That's it. Like not the other. A lot of very rich, very smart people will tell you a third of your wealth should be held in real estate. Mm-hmm. And I'm more like I was way too high, especially in 2007. I had nothing but real estate, mm-hmm. and I have learned to correct that which I think will be a good thing that we have many other assets going through this yeah. next down cycle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you put, I might have 60% of my net worth wrapped up in real estate because Mm -hmm. that is my main business. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, everybody should be throwing off and getting 10, 20, 30% because it cash flows. Mm -hmm. If you're there to be a flipper, that's a job. I don't want a job. Exactly. I simply, why would I do all that work to find a good enough deal that I want to buy it? And then do all that work to have it rehabbed if that's what needs done or, you know, get the tenants paying. It's amazing how many you can buy where half the tenants aren't paying. Mm-hmm. And so you fix the management, you fix the deferred maintenance, and then you sit around and collect money for the next 30 years. As long as mm-hmm. you have a good management company. We, we just had a meeting with my team and we were talking about our long-term vision on these HVAC plumbing. And I thought to myself, I don't know that we'll sell. Yeah. Like, it's just something. It's like, my, my buddy was like, what are you going to do? You're going to get 20 million. You're going to sell. You're going to each, everybody's going to walk away with 20 million. Like, you're just going to be out there working again. <laughs> like, it doesn't, you know, just because it's who we are. Right. It's just like, there are an awful lot of people that if you gave them, you know, a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, it would dramatically change their life. Mm-hmm. And I thought about it. What would change my life? I had this long conversation with a buddy down in Florida two weeks ago. And he goes, but really, what would you do? 
And if we just gave him $10 million, he says, you know, the only thing that would change in my life is I would get an airplane that that's, it would give me a big, and I'm telling you the best way to become a millionaire is to start with 10 million and buy an airplane. Dude, dude, my buddy, my partner's husband uh, is ex uh, MLB player on TV, uh-huh. famous. You know, and he said he's sitting in a, in a patio with his billionaire neighbor, mm-hmm. and he he leans over and he says, "Hey, man, like, what, what's the difference between you and I? Like, I have money, you have money." He goes, "I got a plane." Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, guess what? I've got the plane. I can go okay. nonstop from Ohio to Dallas, Texas. Uh-huh. And I got to stop for gas a couple times, but I've flown out to Scottsdale twice this year. Uh-huh. And you know what the difference if I had an extra $10 million would be? Uh-huh. Maybe I'd have a plane that goes a little faster. Uh-huh. It, there's really, there's a limit. And right now, this another conversation we got in is if God could reach down and touch you on the forehead and grant any wish you had, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Well, what's the first thing that comes to mind? I already have the family, they're healthy, and we're assuming that we can't bring back people from the dead. Uh, So yeah, what would I do? I would love my biggest thing that I'm working on today is not growing the real estate, but growing the book sales. I would love to sell 2 million books in the next two years. That's my goal. Mm-hmm. But then I realized I don't need to make money from selling these books. So it's not selling. Mm-hmm. If I could give them away and people would read, I guess I'd just like to sell enough to break even for all the ones I give away. Mm-hmm. If I could do that and actually get 2 million people to read our books I really think that these could make their world a better place. Sure. So I thought, but what I would just, bam, it's given to me. And we're two years down the road and we've sold 2 million books. What would I have learned? I mean, yeah. I, then I'd just be out looking for the next challenge. It got too easy to do these things. I get bored every four or five years. I get bored. Yeah. I have a major change in my life. And one of those was getting my pilot's license. Technically, I bought an airport, then I bought a plane, then I got my license. But yeah, that was one of those cycles I went through. Mm-hmm. And well, this is the next five-year cycle, I think. Yeah. And so you would ask, that's the what. Then you ask how, the how to do it. Well, I can read a how-to book like anybody else. And you realize it's not really the how. It's the Why? Isn't it? If your drive is big enough, if your why is big enough, then you can accomplish a whole lot more. If you have a sick family member and you need money, you will find a way to make money. Mm-hmm. And once you go through the why, you will realize the why is not the biggest driver out there. It's the who. Everybody asks, how do I do this? Just tell me what to buy you need to move up a couple levels. You need to have a big enough why. Why do you need to do this? Why? What is the benefit? How is it going to change your life and benefit the world if you grow this HVAC business to 100 million? 100%. And then that absolute top 
is who is going to help you get there. Yeah. This is, this is, you know, it's three years in the making this team I put together, I sourced everybody and, and, and it's wild. Right. And I think you, you probably had a moment like this in your career, right? It's been a wild road, different ups and downs, but the moment oh, yeah. I left, so I, so the, the, the owner we're buying from is hard of hearing. So I had to fly from Austin to, to Pittsburgh, get in a car, drive two hours, <laughs> like to like get the contract signed. Like he I said, if you sign the LOI, I'll be there on Thursday. And so I flew up there. We met him, you know, you're so nervous. This is my first time talking to an owner. You know, he's been, he's been in the space for 50 years. You know, he's ready to retire. I don't know what to think, you know, this whole thing, right? I sold wine for 20 years before this career. So true story. I walk into his personal house. I open the door and he's got a 700 bottle wine room. And wow. I'm like, I'm like, done. I was like, boom, I got this. Like that whole year traded me this. But we left, we left the meeting. Me and my partner are riding together. And I look at her and I go, did you just feel what I felt? I said, did you just feel that, that literally the universe laid the path that you're supposed to be on right now? And she goes, yes. And it was in that exact moment that I realized this is how I leave my legacy on the world. Like by continuing this owner's legacy, continuing the staff and in investing in the community, you know, all these people investing in their kids, like, and it's like, when you start, like you said, it has to be, you have to go up a layer. It just can't be for the money. And, and so like, and, and you realize that we wrote a 50 year business plan and everything circled back to education. It's always yes. education. And when we realize that as humans, then we can understand that that's what it starts with. And, 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 and these kids, you know, your sons, my, my mentors, kids that are 12 and 13 that have businesses now, they have so much access to information. And it's like, you don't have excuses anymore. It's all out there. It's that fact that you, like you said, you don't have something that drives you big enough to wake you up. Like, I think I have 50 meetings this week for four, in four days. I don't care. Like I'm so, everything is such a charge. I'm so excited. Everybody I'm talking to is so inspiring. Like, dude, I'm going to talk about you and your family for like the next <laughs> month. Like, I can't wait to read all the books and meet you in person. Like, you know, I just love, right. Because I'm going to be, I'm getting remarried soon and I'm going to be a Excellent. dad soon. Right. And I think about like, how am I going to educate them? And like, you just gave me the roadmap. Like, I'm so pumped to like, tell my fiance, like, like this, you know, it's so exciting. We, uh, yeah, that, that's what we want. I was afraid I wouldn't be a good enough father. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I have the number one best-selling book on Amazon for fatherhood. Go figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was really what drove me. I didn't have children until I was 33 and 35. And saying I, I waited longer like you. And it gave me a much greater insight. It's just so amazing when kids have kids. I mean, I'm not talking 15 year olds i'm talking 21 25 year olds sometimes i wasn't mature enough to raise a family when i was 25 i was still running around in the army <laughs> that's uh, exactly yeah yeah no it's but it, when it, you are ready the right mentors will appear and it sounds like you met the guy and you will have something in common something will click you will feel that mm -hmm. but that exact same thing happened to me in january Okay. And it was just, it was shock, but here we are 
one thing that you never expect i leave my child my children alone in a hotel room and they go to these conferences they sit in the front row and they never ever miss anything they take notes they learn and we just did new orleans investment conference that's pretty in depth with natural resources mm -hmm. and you know it's so easy for them the real estate they've grown up with it but when they're getting to other things yeah. like the cryptocurrency conferences yeah. mm -hmm. that uh that's harder for them to follow because it's newer for them mm -hmm. so they said dad classes are over is it okay if we just go back and take a nap in the room I said yeah absolutely i'm going out for a dinner with a couple of other people and there were maybe six couples that went out to dinner. So service was slow and we got a cocktail party that night. They said, don't worry, we'll meet you at the cocktail party tonight. So they are still in the same hotel, no big deal. They walked down to the cocktail party and I realized I had missed a message from Devin almost an hour ago. Mm -hmm. Called him back, his little brother answers the phone and he didn't say, hi dad, or are you coming back? He answered with, not now, I'm talking, Mark Victor Hansen's introducing us to Robert Kiyosaki, click. And I was like, wow, I walk in and there's Kiyosaki standing there holding my son's book. And there's Mark talking to the one son and his wonderful wife, Crystal, talking to the other. And between the two groups, there must be 60 to 80 people standing around listening to these conversations. And I walk up and my new thing is I'm not Eric. It's like, oh, you must be the dad. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I was just about to say that. Yeah, yeah. Now you're the dad. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But yeah, it was just unbelievable meeting. And we just walked up and said, hey, uh, you know, Devin, you really should meet this guy. He's the best selling author in the world and got our picture taken. And that was awesome. He met, you know, some famous guy. And next thing I know, a couple hours later, they're actually talking to each other. And a couple of weeks later, he's calling us. And I'll never forget, Devin hands him a book. He goes, here you go, Mark. Here's my book. You know, I really hope you read it and like it. And by the way, here's my business card. And I would love it if you would call me or email me or anything if you have any suggestions. And Mark looked him dead in the eyes and he is huge. I mean, my son is getting taller, but Mark is very tall. He looks down, he said, yes, and yes. And oh, tingles went down my spine. We walked away, I was like, do you have any idea what he just said and what that means? But yeah, next thing I know, we're nine months and three books later but he's got everybody in the family to publish a book. One, one, of, one of my favorite quotes from Jim Rome is, do you know what the top 1% does that others don't do? They ask. And I tell my clients on a daily basis, if you don't seek and you don't ask this world for what you want, nobody's going to hand it to you. Actually, Mark and Crystal just wrote a book called Ask about that exact thing. Yeah. If you didn't know that, but no, I didn't know that that is actually how we met. Cause he recommended me to Matt and then from Matt to you, mm -hmm. but wow. uh, yeah, what uh, that's it. One of the things that I've drilled into my children over and over, which is kind of Devin's picked up as his thing 
is be creative and take action. Oh. And oh, you got to yeah. ask, you've got to find the people that can get you to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. It is never about the how. It is always about the who. You get a big enough why, you want to help enough people, and then the right person will present themselves to you. Uh, there's mm-hmm. an ancient Chinese proverb, I think, or maybe I'm just making it up, but it's something about when the student is ready, the mentor will appear. Mm-hmm. I think the master will appear. So it's, yeah, if you just, uh, it's, it, you it's find the right of, people. It's one of those things where, where we were just having a conversation about this a minute ago. You know, they're welcome to do business any way they want, right? Private equity, but you're hearing a lot in the space about they're just managing from a spreadsheet. There's no culture, there's no soul in the business. We have gotten away from understanding that this is a people-driven world, business, everything. And if your people are not inspired, and one of my favorite quotes is, your vision has to be big enough for other people to see themselves in it. Uh And most people are building their vision for themselves. Of course, nobody's inspired to show up. Like, I'm flying up there in two weeks while we take over the company, and I'm taking every single one of the employees out with their kids to dinner. Well, that's a lot that of work. Fantastic. That's a lot of work, Austin. I don't care. And guess yeah. what? Hey, guys, we have a real trouble right now hiring trades in the space. Okay. I went down to the largest technical school in Pittsburgh and spoke to everybody. Oh, that's brilliant. And we got three contacts and two interns and impossible business. Who else is doing that? This, right. Go straight to the source. Don't exactly. talk about the problems, fix the problem. And when your contractors are like, oh yeah, he financed my house for me 10 years ago when I started working for him. And now he's financing my first rental, which by the way, yeah. just happened for this yeah. guy a couple of weeks yeah. ago. There's I mean, that is, uh, that is, that gets other contractors interested. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do have one question before we get you out of here. You have multiple businesses. Yes. You're writing books, you're speaking. Do you have a good team? with you oh absolutely all right how what's your view on like leadership and being the owner are you i I feel like your hands are in a lot of pots but do you when you give them a role and let's say they're in a higher position do you kind of just you respect them enough to like let them kind of go to work like or have you cultivated that over the years i do my best to never ever tell anybody how to do something okay Uh, which is i have a 150 page systems manual for my which started with sticky notes Mm -hmm. and got typed into one page and then multiple and blah, blah, blah. Now it's like 150 pages on how to every step of the rental business. Okay. And I can turn on my computer anywhere in the world that I have an internet connection and it will pop up. Here is how much money is in every bank account. Here is how many people are delinquent, the names and the amount. Uh, All of the bookkeeping is on this side. And then I have all the vacancies coming down the center, all the move-ins that are scheduled to move out. So right beside that, and it just goes clockwise around. Mm-hmm. But I can see, oh, look, once I look, these are vacant. Then the next column is, where are they? Do they need a ball call out? Do they need extermination, repairs, cleaning, a rent-ready check? Or are they rent-ready waiting to be rented? And then all the ones that are rent-ready, we've got a board in the office that they update every day. And so if I'm not around, they can just snap a picture and send it to me. And I see how many phone calls came in, how many showings we did, how many applications and how many move-ins and move-outs for the month. 
-hmm. And in 15 minutes, I know everything I need to know for the week. And if we, I need to make a phone call to the webmaster, hey, Ian, can we get some more advertising? We're not getting enough phone calls. Mm -hmm. But Ann doesn't ever need called. She just knows. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a quick email to somebody, hey, we got to do this. And most of the time I get back, yeah, we've already done that. <laughs> exactly. Thanks. Talk to you <laughs> next week. <laughs> Dude, my partners are like, hey, we really should do this. I'm like, oh, we already set a meeting up with them. We're good. They're like, damn, you're like, yeah. you, know, you know, before this morning, I cleared off 100K on the business and signed another business up. And he, he hasn't even woke up yet. He's like, I can't <laughs> yeah. even get to work. And you're already at it because I'm just so excited. And we have so many people to impact. Uh, man, I'm just beyond excited to meet you. So if people want to buy the books, they want to find out about you. How would they do that? Well, all of the books are available and the three newest ones, the kids are the treehouse and the garage. Okay. And ours is the family success triangle okay. for all of the parents and new business owners. It talks a lot. It's mm -hmm. evenly split between raising so, children and. So the moment I close on the business, I'm buying every, a copy for every employee in the HVAC company. Oh, That's going to be, be my awesome. new thing moving forward. So, yes. So yeah, that and, uh, please write a review on Amazon. We're trying to get to 50 reviews as quick as possible, but those you can get on Amazon and it might, I don't know when this is going to air, but the first couple of weeks you can get them for free on Kindle Unlimited. I really just want them in everybody's hands to read them as quick as possible. You can it. find out more about my family, where we're speaking, what we're doing. I've got a free newsletter. If you're interested, sign up on my website clearskytrainer.com i love it and well, guys, i i really yeah. want to change the education of the world and help help the employees help everyone have a better life just like no. you no 100 percent. i mean i'm just i'm leaving here so inspired i'm so excited guys can't wait to release this episode so send it to a friend grab the books check it out read it as a family together uh one of the things i do for all my uh, friends, kids on Christmas, I buy them a uh, rich kid, poor kid from Robert Kiyosaki, the kid's book. And I'm like, that's a better gift than you'll ever get. And my buddies just laugh because I'm so the entrepreneur. It is, it's awesome. Uh, that was the <laughs> first job my kids had before they were allowed to buy anything. They had to read rich dad, poor dad and explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they had to go to the national real estate summit and actually sit through every class and learn from it to figure out what way they wanted to go. I love it. But yeah, great books. I love it. Guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one -on -one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com. 